if you got everything settled, that there is nothing that's going to come your way that's going to knock you off your horse. You just put it down in old redneck terms. <laughs> Paul said, I'm persuaded that there's nothing that's going to be able to separate me from the love of Christ. Now, I don't want you to answer me based upon tradition. I don't want you to answer me based upon what you think is right because I'm going to tell you something. What amazes me with God's people today is, is what it takes to make us lose out with Christ. I'm not just saying that just because I'm up preaching to you. It's going on all around us. And the people or the individuals that you think are the strongest individuals in their faith with the Lord can be torn away, if you will, or messed up, if you will, by the simplest, easiest thing. Say, Pastor Danny, that, that, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. All the time it does. And I scratch my head sometimes, and I said, Lord, I don't understand. I don't get it. Because, Lord, if, if that's what it takes to, to cause me to fall away, then, then what am I going to do, Brother Rains, when it gets really tough? Hello? What am I going to do when it gets really tough? I want to talk to you this morning on this thought about standing firm. Standing firm. 2 Timothy chapter 3, there's a, in verse 1, there's a, there's a verse that says this, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous times will come. Now you and I, we know that we're living in those days. We're living in times that's uncertain. We're living in times where it seems like that every morning that we get up and we turn on the television set, that things are shaking all around us. There's a shaking going on, if you will. We live in perilous times, but also I want to tell you that we're living in wonderful times as well. Why is that? Because you and I could see the coming of the Lord. You and I could witness Jesus Christ coming back after his church. But we know that the days that we're living in is unsure. If you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 25, Jesus declares that that just before his return, this is, this is the things that's going to take place. I want, you to, I want you to sort of imagine, if you will, if, this is, if you think that this is where we are today. Luke chapter 21, verse 25. The Bible says that he says that there will be distress of nations. Just saying those two words right there. There we are today. There will be a distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts will be failing them from fear. And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Let me ask you something else. Is your heart going to fail you in these times? Is our heart going to fail us in these times when the powers of heavens will be shaken or Will we have enough to stand firm? Will we have enough to stand firm? Because here's, here's, here's another thing I want you to think about. If the disciple Peter denied the Lord three times, you know Peter. Peter was one of these guys that was sold out for Christ. 
He was one of these guys that was one of the top three guys, if you will, of the disciples. It was always Peter, James, and John, right? So Peter was in with the inner crowd, if you will. But if the apostle Peter denied the Lord three times, when his world began to shake, how much more do you and I need to know to stand firm when our world is being shaken? How much more do you and I need to, need to get of the Lord Jesus Christ? How much more grounded do we need to get in order that we'll not deny the Lord? Now, there's some things that we need to know according to the scripture here in, in, uh, in, uh, that Jesus talked about. Some of the things is this. We've got to stay close to the Lord. The other thing is we've got to know His Word. The other thing is we've got to understand His Word. We've got to obey his word. When you look in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus' final words here are very significant because the Lord said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. Everybody say all. All things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So let's take a look at there. We, and if we're gonna if we're gonna stand firm with Christ today, we've got to stay close to Him. We've got to stick it out with Him, if you will. We've got to stay close to the Lord. Now let me just stop right here before I get real serious and throw a little little funny thing here you, as an example that you'll understand what I'm talking about. We've got to learn to stay firm and stay close to the Lord, not like some of you Hog fans were yesterday. I just wanted to say that because I got a little tickled reading some of the comments about this game yesterday. I'm done with it. Who do they think they are? If it had been me, I'd left at halftime. And on and on, and I laughed at a lot of these comments. Don't be like a hog fan this morning in your relationship with Christ because things will be shaken in this world, and they already are being shaken in this world. You've got to decide in your mind this battleground of the enemy that there's nothing that's going to come my way that's going to detour me from my relationship with Christ. There is nothing that's going to rock me so much that I'm going to be falling off and falling away from my relationship. You've got to be like the Apostle Paul. I'm persuaded there is nothing. Amen. There is nothing that's going to separate me. Let the winds come. Let the waves come. Let everybody turn aside from me. Let everybody say all they want to. But I'm not going to give up my relationship with Christ. Amen. So we've got to learn to stay close to the Lord. We've got to cling to the rock of ages. That one rock that cannot be moved. That one rock that cannot be shaken. Matter of fact, Psalm 62 said this. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. I'm not going to be moved. Why? Because where else am I going to turn? I'm not going to be moved. Because why? Because it's the Lord that's going to work on my defense. I'm not going to be moved because when all hell comes against me it's the Lord that's going to raise up a standard and going to take care of me and going to take care of you that's why I cannot be moved today I've got to stick it out and be closer to the Lord Jesus Christ today than I was yesterday and tomorrow I've got to be close to him tomorrow as more than I've got to be today amen we've got to turn it we've got to we've got to sell out to the Lord this unshakable rock here that they spoke about to his disciples with this promise. In Matthew 18, 20, he says, I want you to know something, guys. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you even 
to the end of the age. And so to stand firm, we've got to develop this intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got we've to stand firm with him. Listen to me, church. It's possible today to be a believer but far from the Lord. You say, Pastor, how is that possible? It is. It's possible to be a believer. The Lord once said through his prophet Isaiah concerning the chosen people, he said this, these people draw near with their mouths. They draw near with their heart. They are, let me back that up there. They draw near with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but they've removed their heart from me. Listen to what the scripture said. With their mouths and their lips they believe, but they were disciples who had an intimate relationship with the Lord. Peter thought, God, I ain't going to do nothing to let you down. You remember the story when Jesus come to wash his feet, said, you ain't washing my feet. And the Lord said, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part with me. And not only my feet, Lord, but my hands and all these things. There'll come a time when you may be a Peter. There'll come a time when you're faced with a decision. Am I going to stand firm with the Lord or am I going to to deny him hello jesus didn't command us just to make believers he didn't just call us just to get people to give attention to to a set of doctrinal truths and all of those things are wonderful but the lord said that his people needs to draw near to me with their mouths they need to honor me with their lips and they need to sell out with their heart to me also amen they may have had good theology when the scripture was being wrote but there was no heart attachment and you and i we can't be that way this morning our heart has got to be sold out to the lord jesus christ because if it's, if it's not it can be sold to the highest bidder think about it to be able to stand firm in shaky times and shaky the aroundings that we are we've got to believe with our heart the fact that this is requirement for salvation paul told us in romans 10 and 9 if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus christ and believe in your heart that the god has raised him from the dead you will be saved amen And for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You've got to have more than just head knowledge if you're going to make it in these last days. You've got to have a heart knowledge as well. Your head and your heart has got to come together. Lord, I'm persuaded that there is nothing that's going to be able to separate me from you. Amen. And we're told by the Lord that these times that we're living in, he's already told us. I could go back and read you in, in Timothy that we talked about a long, a long list of all the things that's going to be taking place. But he told us there's going to be times of shaking. There's going to be prophets. There's going to be false teachers that have come and convinced many people that have believed their lies. True disciples. Listen, if you're a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you just don't join a religion. You join him. You don't just join a church. You join him. You just don't join a religion. Or some philosophy. You join the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this great commission to make disciples this morning. He shows us that we are initiated into this relationship. By being baptized into his name. Along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Because it's all about relationship. Amen. I like how the Message Bible put it in one translation. I read this yesterday to a bunch of guys at the, at the campground. It said, I can't impress you, this on you too strongly. God is looking over your shoulder. I want, I want to talk to you this morning. Think about this. God is saying, I can't impress this upon you too strongly. I, I am looking over your shoulder. Christ himself is the judge with the final say on everyone, living and dead. He is about to break into the open with this rule. So proclaim the message. 
message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. You're going to find that there'll be a time when people will not stomach solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food. That's where we are today. Catchy opinions that'll tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on the truth and, and chase mirages. But keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough good work as God's servant. I've come by to tell somebody something this morning that no matter what you're going through, I know the days that we're living in is shaky. I know the days that we're living in is hard. But do not give up. You've got to stay in the battle. You've got to stand firm on the word of God that is your truth. And by the truth of God, you will be set free today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John told us in John 15 and 5, I am the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do what? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Listen to me. A key to stand firm and not being burned up not being destroyed is simply staying close to him. You got to stay close to him. You got to stay close. What does the scripture says? James 4 and 8 says this, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Draw near to God so we know we got to stay close. The other thing we've got to do to stand firm in these days we're living in is we've got to know and understand his word. Now that's very critical. We've got to know his word. Not only do we need to know his word, we've got to understand his word. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to get on to anybody here. I'm not trying to, to be ugly this morning, but I, want us to, I do want to shake us a little bit. We're living in shaken times. This political season we're living in is crazy. It's right down, in my opinion, stupid. Childish many times. And I have scratched my head and I've told... Several people this, out of all the world, you're telling me these are the two that we've got to try to make a decision on. We're living in dangerous, perilous times. And I'm not talking about the secular world or the political season this morning. I'm talking to the church folk this morning because there's some of us. Hold on to me. Hold on to yourself, I should say. There's some of us that we don't know what we believe. There's some of us, we don't know what road we're walking on. Today we could be fired up for the Lord, but something that could happen this afternoon will make me not be so fired up with the Lord tomorrow. Hello. Today I'm going to go to church this Sunday, but next Sunday I may do something else. And I ain't getting into this thing about if it's a sin to come to church or not. But I will stop and tell you this. We're living in a day and time you need church. You need one another. You need the brothers and sisters of the Lord this morning. And if you think you can make it by yourself, you're deceived this morning. You're deceived this morning. Peter denied the Lord three times. Who are you? Who am I? If Peter denied him, then what do I have to have within me that when the, when the, when the shaken times come and bother me and mess me up and rock my world, am I going to be able to stand in these days that we're living in. He told us, he said, go therefore and make disciples. Or is that what we're doing? 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. You say, well, what is, a, what is a disciple? A disciple is one who follows after somebody and follows that person's teaching. And no matter what, they don't turn away. No matter what. The problem with many believers today is that they claim to love the Lord. They claim to have an intimate relationship with Him, but they really don't know who He is because you don't spend enough time with Him. Now, you've heard me say this before, and I, this is a great example and it's for you to understand, Karen, many of you know, and Barry, you remember this, when Karen and I started dating, I, I guess you remember this, I don't know, but uh, Karen moved in with, with, uh, with mom and dad because her parents moved to Jackson, Tennessee to evangelize, and so she was a, a senior in school, and so she moved into our house. We weren't dating at that time, but afterward, we got to dating, and I'm going to tell you, it was hard with her living there in the house. Just being open and honest with you, it, temptation was tough. Now, we didn't mess up, thank God. But the temptation was there. And when we got married, I'm in my mind, I said, this ain't going to be a problem. Not a problem. I know this girl. She's lived with me for a while. She's lived in the same house that I do. She's lived under my roof. I know her. I know her. This ain't going to be no transitional problem. And I'll tell you something. When, when we moved in together, there was a problem. There were things, Beth, I knew. I didn't know about her. There were things about me she didn't know. We had to work on our relationship. Come on now. Hear me in the spirit today. In your walk with Christ, there's still some areas you need to work on. In your relationship with the Lord, there's going to be days you won't feel like following him. There's going to be days you don't feel like serving the Lord Jesus Christ. There's going to be days you're going to think, is it all worth it? There's going to be days, oh Stephen he stood up behind a wall or, a, or wherever and they begin to stone him and he said Lord don't hold this against their charge Lord don't, they don't understand what they're doing his eyes, his eyes was fastened on the Lord Jesus Christ but I just wonder how many of us could have done the same thing faced with death I just wonder. But I got to know Karen after we started living together. See, it's the same thing with the Lord. See, there's people that receive Christ as their Savior. Savior, And once, and, and at first, they're really, they're on cloud nine. I mean, every prayer was being answered and, and all those things, all the problems went away. And then a little battle come along. A little trial come along. Old friends no longer wanted to, to hang out with this Jesus freak. Old friends not, didn't, didn't, didn't want to say the things that they normally said. Matter of fact, even some family members disowned you because of your relationship. And if that believer had immediately been engaged in a process of discipleship and knowing and learning the Lord Jesus Christ, he wouldn't have been surprised or she wouldn't have been surprised when the shaking began to come. Listen to me. If you haven't understood what shaking is all about, there's coming a day you will be shaken. You better prepare now. Amen. You better get ready now. You better be grounded in your faith now. Lord, help me here. It amazes me what keeps us away from God. It amazes me what keeps us from the house of God. It amazes me at times listening to the excuses that we give God. I'm not, I'm not mad this morning. So don't go away and say, boy, pastor was mad this morning. I'm not mad. I love you. I'm just trying to help us today. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. I want every one of us to go to heaven. How about you? But in order to do that, my relationship with him has got to be secure. My relationship with him has got to be firm. My relationship with him, I've got to be grounded in the word of God. Amen. Amen. How do you know that? Go over to Luke chapter 14, verse 27. 
The Bible says, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it less, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish? All who see it begin will, uh, to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 or else while the other is still a great way off he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace so likewise listen to me likewise whoever of you does not forsake all that he has not and cannot be my disciple when you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ you better leave everything else alone you better let, have left your uh, a previous life you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ today he's everything to me how about you he needs to be everything to us we need to give him a hundred percent of who we are not 50 percent not 75 percent not 95 percent not 99 percent but a hundred percent we need to surrender everything amen hallelujah there's some that's sitting here today and you've you've already solidified your relationship with christ it don't matter I don't want to start calling anybody, any names out, but Sister Lawson, let me call your name out. I, 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 can, I can say this with a surety. Now, if you, mess, if, if you mess what I'm fixing to say up, I'm going to hurt you. And I ain't about to hurt you. I love you. Your relationship with Christ, to me, is solidified. You've been through the ups, and you've been through the downs. You've been through the good, and you've been through the bad. You've had all kinds of things that come your way, but you're still lifting holy hands and praising his name. Amen. And that's what every one of us needs to say. Why do you say that, Pat? I want to follow where she is. I want to follow the trail that she's leaving. I want to follow the path that she's prepared ahead of me. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that when Jesus Christ comes after his church, I, for one, am going. I'm not going to stay. When Jesus Christ comes, I don't want to show up in church next week. I believe the churches will be full, but I don't want to be there. I want to go when Jesus comes. How about you? <laughs> Psalms 1 and 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I like this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, his word is what I'm talking about. He meditates day and night. He meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I don't want to be a part of that group of the ungodly. I want to be a part of the group of the godly that when Jesus says hey can I count on you yes sir you can count on me can I count on you to go over there yes sir you can count on me can I count on you to say what I want you to say yes sir you can count on me now Lord I may not like it but you can count on me I may not like where you're sending me but you can count on me I may not like how I'm getting treated but you can count on me I may not like how I feel when everybody's coming against me but you can count on me I may not like it when they take this away and take that away and put me here and put me there but God there's one thing you can't take from me and that's your love your love is secure with me amen 
I told some of the ministers and guys yesterday, oh, David, you remember this story? David had about 600 guys that they was going off to war. Brother Charles was doing their normal thing. There was a little town called Ziklag. You remember that story? When they came back, the Amalekites had come. And they had, they, had, they had taken everything. They had taken the women, the wives, the, the children. They had burned the city down. They had lost everything. The Bible says David and his 600 men came back. These were mighty warriors. Don't you get this picture in your mind. David and his mighty men came back. And, and, and Greg, when they saw that, they, the Bible says these guys begin to weep and begin to weep bitterly. Matter of fact, Brother Range, he said they wept so much that they could not weep no more. There was a part of those guys that just sat down and began to weep. They were wasted. They were depleted. Everything that they had was gone. They didn't know if their family was alive or not. Everything that they had was gone. And some of them sat down and just began to weep till they couldn't cry no more. There was another group of guys that sat down and began to talk to one and said, Hey, I know what we can do. We'll stone David. We'll get him. He's the leader of this group. He's the reason why our family was taken. He's the reason why our city was destroyed. We'll just stone this guy. And David, you got to understand, David said, My Lord, what am I going to do? I've lost everything thing too. I feel exactly what they feel. My family's gone and my children's gone. I've lost everything, but I'm leading this group of guys here. What in the world am I going to do? And the, the, the scripture, I say somewhere down in verse 6 or 7, I think it is, the Bible says, David began to encourage himself in the Lord. Why? Because he understood something way back then. There was a God that took care of him when the bears showed up. There was a God that took care of him when the old lions showed up. There was a God that took care of him when old Goliath showed up and time and time and time again David was restored David was delivered and he understood God if anybody can help you're going to help me you've taken my this and you've taken my that but there's one thing the Amalekites could not take he they cannot take my God hallelujah he didn't know what the outcome was going to be but my God is going to be able to supply all of my need according to his riches in glory some of you need to hear that this morning you may have showed up this morning depleted. You may have showed up wasted today. You may have showed up not knowing if you're going to go to heaven or not, but you're in the right place for your God, that God that you left, that God that you know to be God, that God that's delivered you before, that God who has the answers for everything that you need. You need to sell out and stand firm with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We make disciples. The Bible says we delight in the law of the Lord. Why do we do that? Why do we need to know the word like that, Pastor? Well, because when that false teaching comes, your faith has begun to be tested. That's why Paul told old Timothy, he was exhorting Brother Timothy, he said, Timothy, if you instruct the brother in these things, you'll be a good minister of Christ. You need to nourish in the words of faith, in the good doctrine which, which you've carefully followed. Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the what? By the Word of God. By the Word of God. I've heard this before, but they say when an when a FBI agent is hired on, a newly, newly guy is hired on, they'll teach him about counterfeit money. And I found this to be interesting because they say that they put this guy or whoever in a room and they'll give them all kind of legitimate bills, 20s and 50s, 100s, whatever, and they constantly feel the real thing. Hold on now. They do that all the time. I don't know how many hours that they go through testing and feeling, looking at the real thing. Why do they do that? Because they'll know when the counterfeit shows up. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you need to let them feel some counterfeit stuff. 
But that's not the philosophy of, of, these, of these guys. And that's, that's really how we are today. That's really when it comes to the Bible in these days, we need to know what the Word says. I, I've known guys, and you have too, that spend their hours upon hours studying false religions. Now, if you want to do that, that's fine. But make sure you study the Word of God, the truth of the Word, more than you study the false religion. Why is that, Pastor? Because if you know the Word of God, if you know the truth of the gospel, if you know what the Word of God says, anything and everything that's counterfeit, when it comes your way, you ain't going to have to go look it up. You ain't going to have to go research it. It's going to be in your mind. That's not what the Word of God says. Amen. Study to show thyself approved. Amen. Learn the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Amen. George George Barner, who is a researcher, says this. This bothers me a little bit. He says 60% of Americans cannot even name five of the Ten Commandments. Can you? Let me send homework home to you. Don't cheat. When you get home today, get out a piece of paper, get out a pen, and name five of them. Put it down. Fewer than half of the adults can name four Gospels. Let me help you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) 82% of Americans believe God helps those who help themselves. I like this one. A survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah was husbands and wives. Isn't that that interesting? Only one out of ten Christians based their moral decision making on the principles taught in the Bible. That's how we make decisions. Hmm. These are some of the reasons, my opinion, that we need discipleship in the church. That's some of the reasons we need to study the Word of God. That's some of the reasons we need to be involved in learning what the Word of God said. Amen. It's important for us to understand that knowing God's Word really means understanding it. Understanding the Word of God. Because if you don't understand what you read, then you really don't, you really don't know for sure what you think you know. You've got to understand the Word of God. Look at this. In Nehemiah chapter 8. When the Hebrew scriptures were read at the, at, the, at the water gate in their original Hebrew language, the average person couldn't understand them because Aramaic had become their mother tongue. Now think about this. And so we read in verses 7 and 8 that the Levites instructed the people. Everybody say instructed. They taught, in other words. They instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that people could understand what was being wrote. They wanted to make sure you, we understand the word of God. Matter of fact, Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 4, and he said he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry to perfect the saints of God. That's what we do when we come together. We teach one another. We learn from one another. We perfect one another. And I encourage you today that we've got to get involved in learning what the word of God says. One of the great examples and one of the great ways we can do that is have Bible studies, go to connect groups, get into the Word of God, have private devotions, all of these things. We've got to simply know and understand what the Word is saying to us today. Or else we'll be like that little house that's built on sand. And when the winds and the waves, they come, it'll it'll be gone. The last thing is this. We're going to stand firm in these last days. We've got to not only know and understand, we've got to obey. Everybody say obey. We've got to obey the Word of God. We often forget to uh, 
to tell people that Jesus is not just my Savior. We often forget to tell people that he's just not my friend. He's not just my teacher. He's some of those things. But, but he is the ultimate authority over our lives. Over our lives. I don't know if I've shared this with you, and I don't mean to be personal, but the other day Ella, was, Ella Kate was at home, and I was playing with her outside. And uh, she come up behind me, she wrapped her arms around my neck, and she, and she looked at me, she was just laughing and playing. And, and she made this statement, she said, okay, Papa, it's time to get up. I said, okay. As soon as I got up, Sister Mavis, she said, okay, it's time to praise the Lord. She lifted her little hands. Now, we're outside by ourselves on the back. Now, and I said, okay, let's praise the Lord. The thought ran across my mind, she needs to keep that. And I need to, as a grandfather or a parent or whoever we may be, we need to begin to teach our children what it, what it really means to praise the Lord. We instruct, right? We instruct. We pray. We pray. We've had altar services, and some of you will know what I'm talking about. We've had altar services in this church where young people will come down, and some, some of the kids is two, three, four years old, and all that, and they'll come down, and they'll start. Now, now, don't take this wrong. They'll come down, and they'll act like some of us adults. And some of us adults, we get upset with that. Why? Well, they don't understand what they're doing, so what? Sister Ruth, I'd rather them be down here lifting hands and jumping up and down than I would, out, would them, want them out on the street somewhere or in a, in a drug house somewhere or, or drinking alcohol. And I, and I could go on and on, wouldn't you? We're instructing, we're teaching, we're training our young people to worship the Lord. If we can get out to a hogs game, oh, here I go again, and yell and scream, why can't we yell and scream in church? If we can shout to the Lord, I mean shout to the secular stuff, why can't we shout unto the Lord, amen? Amen, you understand what I'm talking about. You've, already, you've heard me say, I love, I, I'm, I'm raised Pentecost, I'll be Pentecost, I guess, till I die. I love being in those emotional services, but I understand, Brother Reigns, it's not, it's not just the shout of the tongue that's going to keep me through the storm. I've got to know what the Word says. I've got to understand the Word. And not only that, I've got to obey the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. Luke 6 and 43 says this, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, and nor do they gather grapes from a, from a brambleable bush. A good man out of a good, a good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth begins to speak. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Got to stop right here now. Preach to us Pentecostal folk, church folk. Why do we say, Lord, Lord, and we don't listen to what the Lord says? He tells us to draw close to him, and he'll draw nigh to us, right? So why are we not doing that? Why are we not drawing nigh unto him? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show to you whom he has, who is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Here's that scripture again. And when the flood arose, the stream beat against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built his house upon the earth without a foundation on the sand against the, against the stream that come and beat against the house, and immediately it fell, and the, rain, and the, and the ruin of that house house was great the fall of that house was great how do we how do we do that pastor Ephesians 6 and 13 
It says, you've got to take therefore the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand with the evil day. And having done all to stand, then stand. Having done all to stand, stand. Musicians, if you will, come. Listen to me, church. It's not enough. Where'd my hanky go? There it is. It's not enough to understand the Bible mentally. I have met some folks, and probably you have too, that you ever met anybody that was too heavenly minded to be any earthly good? <laughs> that knew so much about Scripture, but they didn't know the Scripture. It wasn't in their heart, just in the head. It's not enough to understand it mentally. There's got to be a submission to the Word of God. And ultimately, it's the Word of God that demands the response. It demands our total submission and accountability and obedience. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, then keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper. That he may abide with you, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, the Bible says. I'll come to you. Amen. Listen to this scripture in John 14 and 23. Jesus answered, said this. He says, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. And my father will love him. We'll make our home with him. But I like this scripture in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. When we are in this shaky time, when we're in this culture of, of not knowing what we believe. And I've told you several weeks ago that uh, I'm, a, I'm a little disturbed that so many ministers and pastors are leaving the pulpit. And it's, like, it's almost like an everyday thing you hear about this. You hear one or the other that's leaving. You hear others that, that is not sure if they believe in God or not. Not sure. But 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 said this, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Boy, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that because, Brother Keith, there's days I'm weak. There's days I feel like giving up. There's days I feel like quitting. There's days I wonder if it's worth it. There's days, I, and you've heard me say this before, there's days I just say, Lord, just give me a good job and I'll make some preacher a really, really good member. Hello. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my weaknesses than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, Paul said, I take pleasure in weaknesses. I take pleasure in injuries. I take pleasure in necessities. I take pleasure in persecutions because I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am made strong. Hallelujah. I made strong. As they begin to play this morning, all heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you, where is your relationship today? Have you solidified your relationship with Christ? Have you taken care of your walk with the Lord? Have you taken care of everything in your life that needs to belong to Him? 
Is there something in your life that you're holding back? Is there things in your life that you're not letting go of? Is there things in your life that keeps you from a solid 100% relationship with the Lord? If it is, you need to be at this altar. If it is, you need to be down here at this altar. In the balcony, on this main floor. If your relationship is not where it needs to be with the Lord, you need to be in this altar selling out to Christ. Listen to me, church. Don't, don't take these words I'm fixing to say for granted because you've heard them all the time. Don't take them for granted. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not. God forbid, but we could show up next Sunday and some of us be missing that have gone out to eternity. Where is your life today? Are you able to stand firm with Him? Or do you, feel still, or you still feel like you're shaking? Don't take this for granted because you've heard it all the time. But I'm telling you, the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Are you ready should Jesus come? Are you ready should Jesus come? Hallelujah. Father, I come before you this morning at the close of this service. And I ask you, Lord, to do a work in each and every heart today. To do a work in each and every heart today. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now to begin to draw men and women, boys and girls, to you. You know their heart. You know their walk. You know where they are with you. And I'm asking you today, if there's any, any under the sound of my voice today, that they're somewhere away from you, that they're somewhere alienated from you, if they're here today and they feel like, oh, I can't go down because of all the stuff that I've, I've done, Father, get that out of their mind and let the Holy Spirit draw people to you today to join these four that even Pastor Brown talked about this past week that give their heart to you. Let us join in that family. In the name of Jesus. I want you to just remain seated. I want Sister Michelle to sing a chorus. Real quick, and then I'm going to ask you another question, then we're going to go. Just keep your head bowed, keep your eye closed. I want you to ask yourself, am I ready? 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 Am I ready?